0: Double holiday today. Seven Eleven and it's Prime Day for whatever that's worth, which apparently is a free Slurpee or fifty percent off uh, select items. You know what? What was the impotence for for Prime Day? Was uh, Jeff Bezos just kind of looking at the the spreadsheet and saying it's a long time since Christmas, it's a long time until Christmas, uh, sales are dipping. I'm going to declare a holiday uh, where people just shop for the sake of shopping. So uh, happy Prime Day to all those who celebrate. I I, I don't really. Um, if I need something and I can wait till Prime Day to get a discount, then fine. But if you're just shopping for the sake of, of shopping, are you really um, saving any money? Anyway, who am I to judge? Uh, unexpected turn of events uh, last night on the eve of uh, the NATO summit in Lithuania. Fox's Jonathan Savage reports. In the photo he put out on Twitter, it's Jens Stoltenberg, whose smile is the broadest. The NATO Secretary General in a three-way handshake with Turkey's President Erdogan and Sweden's Prime Minister Christersen. The tweet announces Turkey promising to finally move forward with the Swedish bid to join the alliance. That morale boost will also help with one of the summit's other main goals: present a united front to Russia. Leaders are expected to discuss what security assurances they should give Ukraine after the war ends. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. And I believe, uh, depending on the time, uh, what time it is in Lithuania, um, the NATO summit is already underway or it will start uh, shortly. Confessed Oxford high school shooter uh, Ethan Crumbly and his legal team, they filed a request to dismiss the life without parole condition uh, of his potential sentence. Uh, his team also requested that he be allowed to wear street clothes uh, to hearings that will determine whether his age, which was 15 at the time, now he's 16, will have any effect on his sentencing uh, instead of his uh, jail jumpsuit that, that most people wear to court I mean, I, I can understand the request to dismiss the life sentence. That's what a that's what a, a defense team is supposed to do. Um, a little puzzled with the street clothes. My guess is that um, they're they're trying to make him look more like a child, uh, more so than a hardened inmate in his jumpsuit for for leniency from the judge. Uh, Troy police are on the lookout for a man. Who attacked a woman in a busy parking lot, uh, a Target parking lot of all places, last Friday evening about 9.11 p.m. Um, And uh, you may have seen this post on social media. The uh, attacker's intended target. She wrote a post. It went somewhat viral. I think it went viral at first on Next Door, and then I saw it reposted a couple of times on Facebook. Uh, She says a man forced his way into her car, showed her a gun, and punched her in the face. And in the post... Uh, the woman said that she fought off the attacker after gaining strength by thinking of her fiance and young son. You hear about that sometimes like uh, uh mothers will get superhuman strength and and they'll be able to like lift a car off of somebody uh that That sounds like what happens here, and she fought the attacker off long enough um for another shopper who was witnessing to the uh the attack uh to begin shouting, and he ran off. Uh, The attacker is still out there. He's described as a tall, light-skinned black man with a thin build. He was wearing red shorts and a light blue shirt at the time of attack. And I actually posted uh, the story and a picture of him on our Twitter at WJR Radio. Larry Nasser, the disgraced USA Gymnastics and MSU sports doctor. He's in stable condition after being stabbed 10 times, twice in the neck, twice in the back, and six times in the chest at a Florida federal prison where he's serving a six-year prison term uh, for federal child pornography charges after he's out of the hospital right back to jail because he's also been sentenced to up to 175 years for sexually assaulting over 150 women and girls over the course of two decades under the guise of medical care. 48-year-old Troy Man, this is a wild story, he's facing charges for allegedly trying to have members of his own family murdered in hopes of gaining a large inheritance. Now, according to Troy Police, Max Garza, he was trying to find someone to do the deed for him, but he was also trying to secure a firearm to do it himself if he couldn't find a willing participant. Police and investigators, they were tipped off earlier this month by a witness who had audio recordings of Garza describing not only his plan to solicit the murder but how much he was willing to pay his alibi and his backup plan. He was arraigned on five counts of solicitation to commit murder, and he's being held on $1 million bond. Uh, just an incredible piece yesterday by Karen Drew on uh, WDIV Local Force 5 o'clock news. She obtained the uh, body cam footage of the Rashad Trice um, police chase And arrest Uh, Rashad Trice is the man who is accused of killing two year old Winter Smith after kidnapping her from her mother's home in Lansing. Um, And so I would encourage everyone to go to click on Detroit and at least watch the five minute piece. They've got the whole 22 minute video up. I haven't um, I, I, I haven't watched it um it, the, the video starts off with the the chase and the crash the chase reached speeds of up to 100 miles an hour it's it's a miracle people weren't more seriously hurt um trice is tased in the video and he's dragged out of his car one of the officers you can hear him um uh, yelling that trice tried to grab his gun and i, I tried to find out aud- the the audio is not great obviously because there's a lot going on there's um, sirens there's police uh, dispatch walkie talkies uh, and they had to caption a lot of the audio but it, it, it it's a compelling piece um, one of the more heartbreaking moments in this video is police officers um, they search the back of Trice's car it's actually Trice's mother's car uh, I'm sorry it was Winter Smith's mother's car uh, who Trice uh, uh, stole the car from and drove all the way here to Detroit um, the car seats in the back obviously winter smith's not there they popped the trunk it's so suspenseful and when they popped the trunk and winter smith's not back there you can feel um the disappointment to put it mildly of of the police officers it's palpable um but in the car they did find uh the pink cell phone charger cord which we later learned was the murder weapon uh now trice claimed and and Another thing I found compelling about this video is that after Trice was arrested, um, it said that he was not cooperating with police. Um, and actually, in this video, he is talking to police, but he's purposely misleading them. Um, in the video, they ask Trice where Winner Smith is. And he says that she is in Lansing uh, with her mom. And then after Trice was detained, there was a back and forth with one officer. And this officer is being very kind and respectful to Trice, asking if he was okay. And uh, during this back and forth, um, Trice says something that knowing not, knowing what we know now is very chilling. He said that he's going to spend the rest of his life in jail. The police officer says, I can't say one way or the other. And then he says, I, he doubles down, so, says something to the effect of, uh, I'm telling you, I'm going to spend the rest of my life in jail. And we know at that point, um, young Wintersmith was already dead. So, uh, like I said, fantastic piece. I would I would suggest going to click on Detroit.com and, and watching it. Karen Drew did a fantastic job. Um, actor and business owner Hill Harper of The Good Doctor and CSI New York fame has officially declared his Senate run, and uh, he'll be challenging uh, Congresswoman Alyssa Slock on the Democrat side for Debbie Staben now soon-to-be vacant seat. Um, and then um, what about the 7th District U.S. House seat that she is going to be vacating in the House of Representatives in Congress? Well, former State Senator Tom Barrett, who Guy Gordon spoke with yesterday, you can find the podcast on J.R. Mornings. Um, he is planning on running for that vacant uh. Uh, congressional seat and so is democrat curtis Hurtel. so um this is going to be uh, not only is the senate race going to be one to watch but the seventh district uh race is going to be one to watch and uh lloyd jackson actually spoke with hill harper and he'll be talking about that conversation at six we're late got to hit the break first thing mike parsons wjr so the united states has announced that they are sending cluster bombs a Controversial weapon of war that deploys a number of smaller bombs over a large area uh, over to Ukraine to help in the war against Russia. Cluster bombs, which are banned by over 100 uh, countries because they pose a risk to civilians both during and for years after wartime, are already being used in the conflict. Jack Keane, retired four-star general, chairman of the Institute for the Study of War, and Fox News senior strategic analyst... On J.R. Mornings with Guy Gordon and Lloyd Jackson.
1: So is this is this justified the the sending of the clustered munitions and 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 is to some degree is this being reported because this is going to be used defensively, not offensively by Ukraine and not on other people's territory. They're going to be using it within their own borders, which means it's not going to be as indiscriminately applied.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of context to this, uh, so our audience understands. We have used these cluster bombs before uh, in the invasion post 9-11 in Afghanistan and also in Iraq. We stopped using them in both of those countries uh, after we deposed the Taliban and the Iraqi security forces during the insurgency that followed both of those events. Uh, we did not use them Um uh, the, the weapons that we use have a, a dud rate of somewhere between 2.5% at the high end to 1%. The dud rate is important because these burst in the air, their bomblets drop to the ground and can explode. And, and the, obviously that's an effective weapon system, but a very small percentage of them do not and can cause subsequent injuries uh, to people not involved in the combat. In the conflict months or years later. And that has happened uh, in the past. And that's why the United States worked so hard to establish a low dud rate. As an example, Russia's dud rate is somewhere in a percentage of 30 to 40 percent. And they have used the weapons. I think what has persuaded the United States to use the weapon is two things. One is we are literally running out of artillery ammunition. And the Russians have... Plenty of it, and they're using it uh, to an exceeding degree over the Ukrainians every single day. So the Ukrainians are somewhat desperate for artillery ammunition, and we have millions of these rounds available. So that's that's indication one. The second thing is the Ukrainians want to use this; they they're accepting uh, the the possibility of injury later, and what they're, they're cautioning us and those who are sensitive the issue here is that listen there's thousands and thousands of mines that russia has all planted all over their country they need major demining efforts Mm -hmm. that will have to take place when conflict stops the farmers for example cannot take care of their fields and harvest them because of all the mines in them that's going to be a major demining effort so the ukrainians recognize this they know where they're putting these cluster bombs they're putting them in Russian defensive areas. So that will be marked, certainly, for the Ukrainians as a primary effort when the conflict ends to make certain that whatever duds may be in that area are cleared. So they're, they're accepting that reality. The other thing they say, and I think this is compelling look at the sooner we end this war favorable to Ukraine, the sooner we reduce the civilian casualties. Exactly. If we don't help them with everything, the war is protracted and the casualties continue to go on disproportionately to civilians. So I agree with the Ukrainians on this thing. Certainly there's arguments on both sides of it, and and they shouldn't be dismissed. But I think the the argument favors Ukraine. Let's end this thing quickly. It's their people. It's their territory. They know where these bomblets will be, and I think they'll, they'll act responsibly in dealing with it.
3: Um General King, this is Lloyd Jackson. I know the centerpiece of uh the president's trip uh will be this uh NATO summit in Lithuania and they're gonna be, you know, talking about the war on Ukraine and, and the plans for revised plans for dealing with uh, Russian aggression, but uh, Finland is going to be the newest member of NATO and uh Ukraine, they're they're still fighting to be a member as well.
2: Yes, Ukraine has been on a docket for a UN membership for some years. Uh, and the pathway there uh, has you know, slowed down because of the, the corruption and other issues they wanted Ukraine to solve before membership. So it's coming to a head again, and, and Ukrainians want this membership. I don't believe it's going to happen in the near term. But I do think it's a, there's a very good possibility that it would happen when conflict ends. Uh, and that would make some sense. There has to be some kind of security arrangement to protect Ukraine going forward when there is conflict termination. We certainly can't rely on on Putin's pen on some document mm-hmm. that he's not going to re-attack Ukraine uh, uh, years later because that is what he obviously has done from 2014 now to, to 2022. He did exactly that eight years later. So yes, I, I think membership should be, I should think there should be a clear pathway forward for Ukraine. Establish that as soon as possible. When conflict terminates, then let's get on with it.
1: Uh, very quickly, because we're almost out of time, General. But I know that uh, the, the president will also be pushing for the admission of Sweden to NATO. Uh, Turkey has uh, given some pushback. So has Hungary. How hard should he push back on those NATO countries?
2: Yeah, very hard, and 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 so should the other NATO countries. I, I Erdogan is concerned about the softness he believes Sweden has to some terrorists who are in exile in Sweden who have uh, attempted to overthrow his regime. That That is his point. And I think the Swedes have gone way out of their way to, uh, to take care of that concern. And the other NATO nations need to weigh in on this thing and get it done. Sweden... And certainly Finland, who's already a part of NATO, they, they truly matter, given the geographic location mm-hmm. they have up in the Baltic Sea and their pro- close proximity to Russia itself.
1: Well, we, we, we need that. In the meantime, just, just very quickly, we've only got a minute left. Great President Biden's um, handling of our NATO allies, holding that coalition together as it relates to Ukraine. Has he done a good enough job? Republicans have been highly critical of him. And I know it's painful for some sometime to praise the president, but he has he done a good job
2: on that. Well, Putin miscalculated. He didn't think uh, Biden and NATO would come together. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why he invaded. He thought Biden and NATO was weak. So, yes, give give Biden and NATO credit for what they have done. But my frustration, with, along with others, and it's a glaring example of it here. Yeah, Ukraine doesn't have all the armored vehicles they need. They don't have all the artillery they need. And they don't have the air support that they requested last year, which would make such a difference in this offensive. That is the criticism. There's praise certainly for what they have done, but there's fair criticism for what they did not do as well. And
1: it just seems like we've always been on the back end of that curve uh, in terms of satisfying what Zelensky needs.
0: General Keene, thank you so much. Have a great day. General Jack Keane talking about the cluster bombs that the United States are sending over to Ukraine uh, to help in their uh, war against Russia, which I'm sure is going to be a huge topic of discussion at this week's NATO conference. Uh, Some sad news to pass along. Dorothy Zender of Bavarian Inn, she passed away Sunday at the age of 101 years old. And uh, rumor has it that... uh, We all know she did work in the restaurant industry for 80 years, but she was still working six days a week past her 100th birthday. And uh, I don't hope to still be working at that age, but I still hope to be active enough to work at that age. A U.S. drone attack took out a high-ranking ISIS official over the weekend just days after being buzzed by a Russian aircraft over Syrian airspace. Mike Rogers, senior advisor for the National Security Institute at George Mason University and former congressman, where he was the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, breaks it down with Tom Jordan and Kevin Dietz on All Talk.
4: It's a pretty daring operation over the weekend. U.S. forces uh, targeting and taking out Osama al-Muhajir. This is a prominent leader of ISIS. Common spelling? Uh, Yes, common spelling and common pronunciation. Make sure (laughs) if you have any questions. Easier than John Smith. So this airstrike in eastern Syria, it was interesting because these are drones, Kevin, that the Russians have been harassing over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Well, we use those drones for purposes like this. Activities like, you know, taking out terrorists in foreign countries.
5: Yeah, I talk about a gripping story of international tension. It's like yeah. some movie or something. You know, you, you have these Reaper drones being yeah. harassed by Russian fighter jets uh, up in the sky over Syria. That that sounds like a big problem. Uh, but that's not even like the headline. The headline is this stunning airstrike uh, that resulted in the killing of this top leader of the Islamic State group. Uh, what what does all it mean? And and how close should we be paying attention to all of this? Uh, let's bring in Mike Rogers, senior advisor for the National Security Institute at George Mason University. University, and former congressman and former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Good morning. How are you?
6: Good morning, gentlemen. Always good to hear your voices.
5: Appreciate you being here. Yeah, so what, what the heck is going on? How significant is the killing of this Islamic State group leader? Uh, how how significant is Russia's military screwing around with us in the air?
6: Uh, both are significant. Uh, and remember, this is a program, these airstrikes, that has, was really effective uh, during the war on terror, for taking out and disrupting Al Qaeda and ISIS uh, uh, leadership, uh, there was a, a you know a, a saying in the intelligence business not that long ago that it's always bad to be the operations guy for Al Qaeda because that's the guy that they found easiest and were able to take off the battlefield. Well, taking anytime you take out a leader of ISIS like this, it disrupts their operations. So this has been going on a while. It's important to understand why it's important to have at least a small footprint in a place like Syria so we can identify, assess, target, and finish these ISIS uh, operations. Remember, they still want to have an event happen in the United States. So the more often that we're in their yard disrupting their activities, really important for the national security of the United States.
5: So you say that uh, this disrupts their operations. What, what has been going on uh, with ISIS since, uh, you know, we pulled out of Afghanistan? Uh, how have they been growing? Have we been keeping it under control?
6: <clears throat> well, there's two, two, two ways to look at that. One, they never really stopped their activities. They were disrupted. They've been diminished a little bit when we had a, a bigger presence there. Uh, but any time that we let up on the gas, they're going to rebuild, refinance, retrain, recruit, all of those things, because their mission is the same, <clears throat> and so uh, it's important because it still it sends a message. Hey, listen, you know ISIS folks, we're still in this business of finding you and taking you out before you do any harm to the United States of America or our allies. Uh, but we've seen their activities in Afghanistan increase. We've seen kind of these weird connections between ISIS and Al Qaeda. Uh, kind of winking and nudging. They don't get along and and we shouldn't think that they do, but there's this wink and a nudge. Okay, you do what you do. We'll do what our do. Let's not mess with each other. And when you have that much ungoverned space in Afghanistan, and of course we pulled out of there in a kind of a tragic way, not that long ago, it left uh, an opportunity for them to regrow. Same in Syria, that that western part, uh, excuse me, the eastern part of Syria, pretty big operation. So Having uh, our ability to have intelligence that we can collect, which means a small footprint there, is really, really important because they're still at it. They're going to keep coming.
4: Yeah, it's very concerning what's happening in Syria, as you mentioned, and in Afghanistan, as you touched on, because President Biden said, I know we're dealing with ISIS right now, but al-Qaeda, he said, is not operating in Afghanistan. But then we hear about guys like Abdullah bin Laden with al-Qaeda is thriving in Afghanistan, taking over the U.S. military bases there. What's really happening in Afghanistan as it relates to both ISIS and al-Qaeda?
6: Well, remember where we killed the number two under Osama bin Laden, who got promoted, the Dr. Zawahiri, was in uh, Baghdad. And this was after we pulled out. Remember when they said, oh, this wouldn't happen. There would be no. He was operating in the city of Baghdad. That tells you everything you need to know about al-Qaeda, understanding the importance of an ungoverned space in Afghanistan to regroup, reorganize, refinance, all of those things. And so, yeah, they are absolutely rebuilding. Uh, It may take them a year or two years, but they're rebuilding, and they have the same intention. That never has changed. It won't change. And the fact that we're not in Afghanistan doesn't mean that they're not going to have the same goals and intentions which is to hurt the United States of America. And so that's just really important for us to understand how we do this in a way that minimizes the footprint, maximizes the intelligence collection, uh, and maximizes opportunities where we can take some of these folks off the battlefield.
4: Yeah. Okay. So President Biden, he has said that, you know, these over-the-horizon attacks on terrorists using drones or whatnot are, are working. And this right here, this latest strike of this ISIS leader is is evidence of that, that they're working. Do you agree with that? Is this the best way to fight terrorists, do you think?
6: Well, if this were an exactly an over the horizon attack, remember recently when there was announced that five U.S. personnel were killed in Syria uh, by Iranian proxies. Do you remember this? Most people don't. They should. These were five American heroes who were there basically to make sure that we had um, we we could do what we needed to do to get after these ISIS leaders, uh, and we didn't do anything. The United States just kind of yawned and moved on. But that that was a, an important part of this. You can't really do it over the horizon completely. You just can't. Um, and so, to, I think that's very disingenuous to say, "See, my plan is working," when in fact there there needs to be an honest conversation. I think with Americans about what is needed to continue to keep these folks on their back foot i'm just not sure that way that the president has has uh, talked about it does that
5: these encounters between the u.s and russian military forces um i mean can can we allow the russian military to to keep messing with us or at some point do we say look we're we're gonna we're gonna blow you out of the sky and if we do that uh is it a prelude to, to to war
6: Listen, every time that they mess with us, there needs to be some consequence. There's a whole list of consequences that the U.S. government can engage in with the Russians, uh, including their Air Force and these these close encounters. They're clearly doing it because they didn't – they knew that these Reapers are armed and would, would you know, at some point – they probably didn't know on that particular occasion, but they knew at some point would be engaged in an operational uh, airstrike – And so they're just going to make it as difficult as they can anywhere they can. We're going to have to get used to it. I would find, you know, go open up that back uh, indices It's in the playbook uh, and start going through the list of things that we can do to make their life a little bit difficult without getting to this direct confrontation, sending in planes and knocking Russian aircraft out in the sky. Uh, There's there's things that we can do and we should be doing those things
4: so you don't think the u.s military calling on these russian forces to just stop their reckless behavior and start acting professionally <laughs> is enough <laughs> no to deter this, them this
6: goes in that category of a sternly <laughs> worded memo i mean that's not going to do anything and by the way the more that they get away with it the less consequence they pay the more they're going to do it the more they're going to push that envelope uh, and remember, the last time they did this, they, was, they were also uh, intelligence collection uh, aircraft in international airspace that they harassed over, you uh, know, over by the Ukrainian uh, event. Meaning, they, they, we had every right to fly there, and according to international law, the Russian aircraft were harassing those uh, those aircraft as well. And so yeah. this was likely over, you know, somewhere over a country like Syria where they thought that they had more, yeah. they could have a more aggressive posture. So all, yeah. all of that's just not good. And we're going to have to make sure we.
4: Yeah, care. it's it's very unprofessional. We, we, we know that. <laughs> Mike Rogers, senior advisor for the National Security Institute at George Mason University, former congressman as well. Nice to talk to you again, Mike. Thanks so much.
0: Former Congressman Mike Rogers talking about the uh, uh, operation by United States uh, drone to take out a high-ranking ISIS official over the weekend. Kind of got lost in the shuffle with with all the NATO news and the cluster bomb news. It's First Thing with Mike Parsons on WJR. All right, the crew's all here. Nick Roddy, Guy Gordon, Lloyd Jackson. And uh, we have a return guest friend with us today. Renee Vitale, everybody. Good morning. Good morning.
1: Hey, Renee. Good Good morning. morning. There we go.
0: (laughs) And uh, Lloyd, I know it's a sad day for you and for the uh, city of Detroit because we lost uh, a prominent figure the other day. We did. Uh, The
3: uh, former Detroit City Councilwoman Joanne Watson um, uh, passed uh, yesterday. No cause of death as of yet. Uh, I know she died in uh, the hospital, St. John Ascension hospital uh, on yesterday, but she's uh, been a pastor of uh, Westside Unity Church, and uh, she was recently appointed to the city of Detroit's first ever um, reparations task force. Um, I worked with uh, Joanne uh, over at WCHB when it was a news talk station. I was news director. She had a morning show called Wake Up Detroit. And that was uh, her signature line uh, when she would see you or she talked to somebody. Wake up, Detroit. Listen, we, you and I have been in meetings where she didn't wake them up, she lit them up. And yes, she did. Yes, she and she wouldn't light you up as uh, well, she actually would, yeah.
0: See, I remember her uh, from being on City Council, Yeah. Uh, 2003 to 2013. That was a wild era. The tumultuous in, years. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. I, I think that was uh, the time where Monica Conyers called Ken Cockrell Shrek, uh, Shrek. and yeah, it yeah, was,
1: yeah, yeah. It was it was uh, something else. But not she the was, most dignified era for city council. But I've got to say, Joanne Watson really ran when she was running the council. When she held the gavel yes. in the committee of the whole, she ran it well. She really did. Yes, she did. And she ran
3: for the first time against Gil Hill. Wow. And you know she beat Gil Hill out. You know and got on city council. So I forgot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean she. She was well known and well loved, and she'll be missed. And trailblazer, uh, yes, she was. And and the Reverend Doctor uh, Wendell Anthony um, said that they grew up together. Yeah, they, they went to school together. They, you know, since like fourth grade. Mm-hmm.
0: So it was, uh, yeah, it's a big loss for the city. Well, I'm sorry for your loss too, Lloyd. I know you were personal friends. Absolutely, thank uh, you. So, uh, Renee. Uh, I don't think I'm talking out of school and saying you're getting married soon. Lloyd, you got married not too long ago. Anniversary Sunday. Oh, happy one year. Very timely. Uh, And Guy, how many? Just fighting to keep it together. (laughs) Uh, Guy, how many weddings have you paid for?
1: Uh, well, only the one big one, which okay. was Greer's. But, you know, you have the, the, you know, the groom's dinner and things like that. So, th- yeah. you know, partially three. Right.
0: you <laughs> right. Because, it, you know, the tradition of, of, of just the bride's parents paying, uh, which I think is unfair. I think that that, that's also. A- no, I'm happy to do it, by the way. Yeah. I mean, because we, we, we love all our, our in-law
1: kids. Our yeah, did kids I ever tell
5: large. you you're like a dad to me?
1: Really? <laughs> Better
0: Detroit's dad.
1: Then, then, then you should sue for neglect. because <laughs> yeah. I've only known
0: you what? <laughs> 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 Guy, have I ever told you that you're like a dad to me? Can I borrow some money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the
1: car. Yeah. Oh, and by wow. the way, that solstice. You know, I've really kind of had my eye on. That's that.
0: an upgrade over my beater. Oh. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, uh, I I I've I've been married once. So far, so good. Okay, uh, but uh, you know, weddings can be a bit of a racket, and uh, McDonald's, at least in Indonesia for now, they're doing something about it. They're rolling out a wedding catering package where you get a hundred chicken uh, McChicken sandwiches and four hundred nuggets for two hundred and thirty uh, three dollars. And if uh, if I were getting married all over again, and this was um, available here in the United States, I would go for it. I, I don't know about you guys.
1: Is, if the whole thing is about entertaining your guests and keeping them happy and satisfied. Doesn't everybody love McDonald's? Right. For the most part, yeah. So, yeah. I mean... I mean, so there are going to be traditionalists. They're going to turn up their nose, but I think it's
5: brilliant. I think it's a great idea. I don't
1: think it's going to catch over here very soon.
0: Yeah. I mean, one thing though, uh, you know, there's, there's, I, I do love the McChicken. I, I think it's, it's tried and true. But there's always an upsetting amount of mayonnaise on it, and I don't yeah. know, I don't know if I want to eat a McChicken with a rented tux. So I might just stick with the chicken nuggets. I don't think you want to eat one without a rented tux. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, right. just, just you and me wearing smocks. Okay. That's right. <laughs> (laughs) like uh like our like our class back in school exactly but you know what Uh, even if it's not for um you know your your guests for the dinner itself i I know one of these one of the new traditions that i've seen is like uh around 10 11 o'clock they they bring out like a snack bar or something i i I was at a wedding where they brought in white castle sliders yeah it was great Because the other
1: thing, too, is people are drinking a lot at weddings. You want them to continue some of the eating
5: as well. Sober up a little bit. The older
3: you are, though, too, sometimes that doesn't agree with you.
0: Well, you know, you know what I mean? It's funny you say it. I I am I'm definitely <laughs> it
1: make the ride home uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. a, little, a little bit.
0: <laughs> I'm definitely on the uh uh Denny's early bird special uh a schedule now. If I if I oh. eat after seven o'clock, I get the GERD when so. you were okay.
1: when you were in college, didn't you go for the Grand Slam breakfast if you'd been out dancing oh, yeah. late at night? Oh yeah. And oh yeah, that's a that given. Kind of a...
0: I was the moons over my Hammy guy. Uh, but uh, <laughs> over my hand. Hammy- yeah, that, it's that uh, that egg. It's that egg sandwich mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow.
3: We're, Absolutely.
5: We're doing coney bars. we are doing a coney bar at, at the uh, for the midnight snack at our wedding next week.
1: Well, then Mike's tux really will be in jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Perhaps it's double jeopardy, Alex. <laughs> um, our bibs looked down upon
5: uh, as a wedding guest. <laughs> Not yes. at all. Yeah. As long as I a real...
0: bow tie and a shirt
1: on.
5: Right. Yeah,
3: That's
1: you know, the thing, you know? Yeah. You got people kissing, and, and you know, do you, you serve onions on those covers? Oh, wow.
5: At that point of the night, I don't think it's going to matter. Yeah. yeah.
0: People are going to be, you know. Lit anyway. So. Okay. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of <laughs> accomplished,
5: it was a good wedding then.
0: Speaking of which, that, that tradition where people hit the glass and the bride and groom have to kiss, leave them alone during I dinner. Know. That is so gross. They got like a, a mouthful it's... of roasted chicken and mashed yeah. potatoes, and you're like, kiss, kiss. I'm like, uh, I know. At my wedding, I just ignored that after a while. <laughs> it's it like, it like, kind of redefines tacky now. Yeah. yeah, it? yeah. It's, Enough. It's like, look, I'll, after dinner, I'll pop a breath mini and kiss my bride again. You freaking weirdos, why? <laughs> why, 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 why is everyone trying to watch my wife and I kiss while we're trying to Let's eat? Let's
5: get rid of that and the garter toss.
0: Gross. One, 100%. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Jared Morning coming up next.